Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. So we're talking about spirit of the times, but I want us to talk about two different types of spirits. And we talk about the spirit of the age, and we talk about the spirit of the, that is ageless. The eternal spirit that is the presence of God that we always have been part of, right? But in the modern world, um, there is always a certain type of manifestation that many people fall victim to. We are all made in the image and likeness of God. So what it fundamentally means is that every one of us here carry God. Being made in the image and likeness of God means if God is revealed as a creator, you are also a creator. And your life here was actually meant to be a creative agenda or a creative adventure. But the question is, what are you creating, not can you create? But we were educated out of our creativity, the type of things we were told and taught. So many of us have showed up in life we can't create. You're told that you're supernatural, right? But you are not feeling that sense of supernatural life, right? You're just going through life day by day, surviving. In Acts 10, in, um, in John 10, verse 10, it says, I came that you will have life and have it abundantly. But we've been told not to, post, not to have life but to exist. There is a difference between existence and living. Existence is just to go through motion by motion, waiting for the next high and the next low. The circumstances are determining for you how your life is going to go. So this morning, we're going to lay something that is fundamental. Some things have to end with your life today, and some things begins tonight. Not tonight, this morning. You know, pastors are conditioned to say tonight. I don't know. <laughs> because of plenty of vigil. Yes, that. So some of these things are residue of vigil. Please, okay, let's get the board and the marker. We, we start this morning from a very interesting scripture, Deuteronomy 32. It's a long read, right? It's a very long read. But let's take it off from the top. Listen, O heavens, and I will speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distilled as the dew. As the lights rain upon the tender grass, and as the spring showers upon the herb, for I proclaim the name and the presence of the Lord, and ascribe greatness and honor to our God. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness without iniquity, just and upright is he. They, Israel, now here goes the, the tension. They, Israel, have acted corruptly toward God. They are not his children because of their moral defects, but are a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is not he who the, your father has acquired you as his own? He has made you and established you as a nation. Now remember the days of the Lord. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you. Now, remember I was giving you context that this generation were people who left Egypt, but Egypt never left them. So these guys actually made it through the Red Sea. So if you think all Egyptians died at the Red Sea, they didn't die. Some entered because they were, they were Jews by skin, Egyptians by heart. So every time there was an attempt to take them further to the unknown, they wanted to go back to the life they were coming from. It seemed to them that the life ahead was nothing compared to where they were coming from. Many times they told Moses, you would have let us better graves. They didn't have dreams or aspiration. Egypt was it. So this was now an experience of what is happening. When they left Egypt, remember that Moses was gone for 40 days. Moses was going to return to a party with a Calvin image made. And guess the shape of the idol. The idol was actually the shape of the Egyptian god. 
But who were they? They were Jews. Generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yet they made idols after their hearts. And what they produced was nothing but the idols of Egypt because Egypt was the culture and Egypt was the experience. What I'm actually diving into this is that many of us actually think we are Christians, but by name. But the content of our experience is still culture. The culture of our experience, the way we think about healing, the way we think about wealth, the way we think about life is still culture. It's still Adamic, yet we are in Christ. And that's why Paul took it personal when he was talking to them. said, see, there is a deliverance that needs to happen in your life. And it's the work of the renewal of the mind. It was like you have to basically come out of Egypt, come out of Adam. The way you think about marriage, is it Adam or Christ? The way you think about wealth, work, living, Lagos, Nigeria, is it Adam or Christ? So if we keep reading, we see the context here. Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of men, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the numbers of Israel. For the Lord's portion and chosen share is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, in a holy wasteland of a wilderness. He kept circling him. He took care of him. He protected him as the apple of his eyes. Now, this was the generation. God was giving them the memory of their fathers. So there is, a, there is, a, there is an inheritance. There is a connection between Jacob and God. And as the eagles that protect his nest, that flutters over his young, he spread out his wings and took them. He carried them on his, on his, on his pinions. So the Lord alone led him. There was no foreign God with him. He made him Israel ride on the, on the high places of the earth, and he ate the produce of the field, and he made him suck honey from the rock and olive oil from the flitty rock. May you suck olive from the filthy rock. No, it's very interesting scripture. So you suck honey from the rock. Um, butter and cords of cows, milk of the flock, with fat of lambs and ram, bread of bashan and goats, with the finest of the wheat, and you drank wine the blood of the grapes. 15. But Jeshurun, Israel, became the fat and kicked at God. Now, here goes the twist. Suddenly, a generation comes. Fat is not necessarily fat, though. You understand? So it's actually almost a state where you are immobilized, where you are not nimble to the, to the promptings of the Spirit. Your senses have become deadened because you've been conditioned too long to do how you live and life as it is, and you don't know how life should be. So, but the very interesting thing here, he said, you became fat, thick, sleek, and obstinate. Then he abandoned God who had made him and scorned the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods by denying him the honor and loyalty that is rightfully and uniquely his. And with repulsive acts, they provoked him to anger. 17, they sacrificed to demons, not to God, to gods whom they have not known. New gods who came lately, whom your fathers never feared. So guys, let's talk about new arrivals. So when we talk about new arrivals, you usually use new arrivals in the context of fashion. Maybe you're doing a collection and then we put together the new arrivals. But the writer here was telling us that this is what is happening. There is a new arrival in a generation, new type of gods that their parents did not know of. So what are the type of new arrivals? Now, let me tell you about idols for a second. Idols are very, very distracting because they dilute you from your union with God and take away your power. 
the way man was designed, eh, man was supposed to be the dwelling place for God. You are God's human experience on earth. God needed a body. He made man. So through you, God is supposed to be experiencing life. That was why when, when Jesus was teaching them about loving their neighbor, he said, if I will meet the need of that man, I will meet the need of that man with another man. So the way it was supposed to be, you must connect again and recognize yourself as a divine being. You are God's dwelling place. You carry power. You carry life. Now, when you don't have that place in your life, with, if you are not at union with God, you will become attached to something else. The way it's, it, it, man was shaped with that union void or with that God-shaped void. So there is a hole in every man that is the shape of God. And there is a hole in every man that is the shape of love. And so what is idol? You know, St. Augustine said sin is actually disordered love. That sin is disordered love. Loving things the most, you should love the least. So what we must live for is living for God, loving God, and knowing we are loved by him. So the love we have for God was meant to be the baseline of our existence. Now, if God is not the baseline of your existence, anything you love more than you love God becomes your idol and your destruction. Because nothing was meant to give us meaning, significance, except God. Now, let me tell you how it works. If you and I in this room have found pleasure as our love, our topmost priority, just put pleasure there, that pleasure would produce addiction. So the addict is someone who has loved certain type of experiences more than they love God. And that thing is now producing something in their life. So God understands that nothing can cure man but God. So God is the cure. He's not the disease. And the thing about sin is that sin is its own punishment. You're not punished for your sins, brother. You're not punished for your sins, sister. You're punished by your sins. So God comes in between you and your sin to separate it. He puts the blast. So that's why some people, when they understand God, they say, set me on fire, let me burn. So all that is not worthy of me will die. Sin is not worthy of you. But you don't know that sin is not worthy of you because you're falling, out of your, you're falling below your consciousness. You're living less than you're meant to live. You've bonded with the things that should not even master you. They've mastered you now. So the idol generation are people who have found meaning in everything else other than God. So they are pursuing it in fame. They think fame will give them the meaning. And you get to fame, you realize that what was this all about, bro? What was it all about? I mean, you get to the end of the road and you realize it wasn't worth it. So what is the new arrivals? What are the idols of our culture that have somehow complicated our lives? Every idol will, will, produce, will produce captivity. Let me tell you, if you love money, right, more than you love people, you will use people and serve money. Money is a terrible god. It doesn't have a stop button. And when it produces greed in you, trust me, you are set up yourself to fail because at the end of the day, the, you will pursue money onto your deathbed and you realize, where my wife? You know, where are my children? They're not they. Because you left them somewhere along the way. See, God of pleasure, God of power, God of fame, give me more. Social media is a symptom. I would say, what is the cause? Social media is not inherently bad. It is actually how we use it. So if social media is your drug of choice, why is it your drug of choice? Let me tell you how it's manifesting. You just keep checking everything out and everybody. People are tensioning you for being themselves. You understand? They're tensioning you for being yourself. And you know, at the end of the day, if social media is your God, you will turn to a fitness person because you want to impress. And every moment, your 10 minutes of post is why you are in the gym. Because after you posted it, that was how you left. 
Because your life has become a curated piece of art. And not for good, but for impression. So if you are anything has taken on your life, nothing will produce freedom. So the spirit of the age in which we live is a spirit that actually enslaves people. It's a spirit that actually gives you a false sense of hope. Right? So if we sit down here, I need you guys to throw some answers. What are your own... Okay. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Asking for a friend. So what's, what's your drug of choice? What's your friend's drug of choice? Rich? Tell me more. What's your drug of choice? Because the spirit of the times carries something, right? I'll tell you a few of them. I think that um, there is a sense in our generation that um, enlightenment is a good thing. But the abundance of knowledge has produced wokeness. But this wokeness is not unto life. Right? So now, uh, the first thing I'll ask you is that if you're not careful, one of the idols, the new arrival now in our generation is that we've learned to normalize our traumas. Yeah. We've normalized our dysfunction. You understand? And you now say, now so I be. So just let me tell you what it means. You've normal, every day you're normalizing, normalizing, normalizing. Check your post. Normalize, normalize. Somebody supposed to them, I saw something. She said, men should normalize asking a man, what do you bring to the table other than money? Profound. <laughs> Profound. Normalize. So we've normalized until there's nothing to normalize. We've, ab we've normalized abnormalities. Rather than open ourselves to the possibility of healing, we've abnormalized it. Right? And guys, if you've normalized your inability to feel, you are not allowing room for healing. So if you're just striving in the fact that you're emotionally extinct, emotional extinction is not a human characteristic. You're meant to feel. You're meant to feel pain. You're meant to cry. You understand? So they've told us you've normalized hard man. Yes. And to normalize hardness is actually to become, to shortchange yourself of life. So what have you normalized? Have you normalized abuse? Because the truth of what we say is that broken people break others. And why they break others? Because somehow they normalize it. You guys have heard of the Stockholm Syndrome, right? A lady that fell in love with her captor. And some people become conditioned to that. So the new arrivals in our generation is that the spirit tells us it's okay not to be okay. It tells us it's okay to settle for that place. So you're not able to fight your illicit affections, your lovable faults. You become those things. You become your feelings. You become your struggles. You weaponize your struggle. You weaponize your feelings. And you use them to attack people. So advocacy becomes your religion. Because for, the, for you, you've actually identified yourself as the flaws. When we begin to settle for anything other than the wholeness that God has made us, we shortchange ourselves. We're not meant to move ourselves to the place where we're okay with our brokenness. We're meant to allow God to move us to the place where we discover the wholeness. So what have you normalized in your life today? Have you normalized, you know, I was, I was talking to someone and the lady was telling me about her husband. They've been married for 20 years. And she said when the kids were younger, there are times when the man would come back from work, he was so pissed, he would hit the door, he would walk into the room, his anger was just palpable, and the, the anger followed him from work. 
Sometimes the anger is from Nigeria because they're not in Nigeria. The anger is his parents. They will call him. You know, I jump press your ATM card. So maybe those times when they press the ATM, nothing come out. So they, they rile him up. And the man just never bonded with his son. So the, what he did was, he just, at that point in time, he would leave the boy. They just saw him as an angry dad. Was he a good provider? He provided. Did he meet their needs? He gave them a fantastic house. But did he father his kids? No, he didn't. Because the truth was that he was still a broken man. And the challenge with a broken man is that you transfer the trauma from your own generation to your children. Some of us are, those, are that boy in this room. We've actually been raised by fathers who were absent emotionally, but physically present. Or you were raised by melancholic mothers who, because of a broken marriage, could never be happy. And because their mood had become your own internal dialogue, you hear God in the voice of your parents. So you can't even be free in God because you're still hearing all the things that are wrong about you. Some of us were raised by broken parents who actually made it a point of duty to perfect the backhand compliment. You understand? And gaslighted you all your life. And probably they're still gaslighting you now. So at the end of the day, they tell, look at you, my life would have been better if you didn't come early. Yes. You came too early. You understand? And you have to understand that if you don't deal with your pain, you will begin to transmigrate that pain to your children. So are you basically the embodiment of the pain of your parents? Some of you have uncles and aunties you've never spoken to because mom or dad said they were evil or they said something rude. And you now have internalized and weaponized an anger that was never yours. It was given to you. But the thing about anger is that you never live free. You reduce yourself to the place of hurt. Unforgiveness is the way of the, of the gospel. It calls us to free ourselves from things here. Yeah. And I can tell you, you will love bad and mess up your relationship if you don't heal. We cannot normalize traumas. We cannot normalize abuse. You are deserving of love. And the person you are going to do life with is deserving of a whole person. But the thing is that many of us don't show up as whole people. So it's two broken people trying to do life. That's why every day your relationship is a sitcom. You understand? No, it's a show. No, only you know that the in fact, the plot never gets more complicated. Because if they produce it, Game of Thrones will have a rival. Because from missing call to picking call late to not responding emails, life just can you just cut somebody some slack? You can't because every attempt, every every signal of rejection is a reminder of where you're coming from. So you cannot deal with it. New arrivals. If we want to talk of creating like our father. We must heal to create because creativity is powered by love. And love flows only when there is a channel. But there are interferences that have blocked that channel of flow. Hate is such. Unforgiveness is such. Pain is such. So we've carried all of those things that we're leaving that. So if you don't free yourself from this place of, you will never understand. The second thing I also think apart from you know, normalizing our traumas, so open yourself to the possibility of healing. Also, most of us have normalized We've normalized our inability to think. Yes, we've, there is a sense that many people are actually, they don't, they've not been taught to think through things. And I think because thinking was not something that we were raised with. Most of us were told what to think, not how to think. So don't touch that fridge until I come back. There was no why you shouldn't touch the fridge. So you grew up taking instructions. You can't take initiative. 
Ever wonder why your work is still a routine? Because you're following the rules and you're not creating. It's so bad that some people, when you tell them to think tension, I told you I was sitting in one interview, job interview for my former company. We were just sitting down there. Somebody, one young lady showed up for a job interview. So we said, please tell us about her company. Omo, sister start to read website too. No, the, the way the website, even me, halfway to said, um, this is an integrated oil and gas company situated in Nigeria. It was the copy of the website. I said, sister, take it easy. Are you reading our website? She said, yes, I studied for this. So I said, okay, leave the website at that. Tell me what you know about the company. She said again, like I said, the company is an integrated oil and gas service company located in Nigeria with subsidiaries in four countries. And I'm like, okay. No, no, no. Because somewhere along the line, and you know, I was just trying to get her to pause and just think. Don't follow the... She was, and when you pause, I said, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, she even told me that I was interrupting her too much. You understand? That, because the delivery was not supposed to be truncated now. You understand? No, but why did she show up with a crammed stuff? Because even from school, cramming was the way. So to do life now, and when the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem is a nail. So you are literally carrying about everything cramming. You can't create. And the creativity is the new economy. So we're talking about pioneering, creating, but half of you will not assess it, not because you were not born created. They condition you out of it. I told you all those teachers, you understand? Just because you carry 40 out of 40, they'll tell everybody, Olodo, help us, help us. And they told you guys to, everybody conspired into a chorus and shamed people that were not maybe smart enough. Do you know some people were actually, there's some things now we're learning called learning difficulties, like displeasure. And most of them, Richard Branson, some of those guys, successful men, they had it. But Richard Branson, see the man, don't make him. In Nigeria, the dyslexic don't always go too far. Because they were telling you, you want to end up like mechanic? <laughs> the way you are going about your life in this country, I know that I will retire. I will not take care of any children into my 30s. Like, you know how our parents carried that reframe. But some of those people were not meant to be shamed. They were meant to be guided. Because they were special in their own way. But we actually made what was a learning difficulty a crime. And so, many people believe they are primary school teacher. That's why you can't create. You have to silence the voice of that woman or that man. Silence it. If they knew any better, they wouldn't say it. The entire curriculum was structured for math and English. Yes. The entire Nigerian curriculum, there was no color. It was math and English. You understand? And if you cannot memorize factoid or follow lines, you are not following instruction. So at the end of the day, they discovered that there were eight multiple intelligences. In fact, there are infinite intelligences. So now, people are learning that for us to teach you, they have to put, there's something called musical intelligence. And they said if you sing it in a song, the child will learn. It was only primary school rhyme that they thought you, the thing ended. So we did not know that we couldn't accommodate intelligences in the room. So half the people in the room were short-circuited out of learning. So what you were meant to do was cram. Do you know, even we were learning things out of our context. I told you guys, I thought, when I was small, I don't remember seeing Apple very easily. Apple, Apple. You know, now you can see it in a banner. Guys, if you were born in the 80s, you, were, you didn't see it easily, I double dare you. <laughs> yeah, you know Nigerian language. Mr. Paul, you know, it wasn't easily found. But it was A for Apple. And it was, we were, 
the apple did not have imagination now because the A for apple was, you were appling things you were not seeing. Couldn't we have just said A for Akara? And life would have been easy because Akara was all over the place. But now the point is that, so we must understand for us to live out our full potential, some things have to be unlearned. And that includes the way you believe, what you, the way you lend yourself. You were educated out of your creativity. You were conditioned out of your divinity. You are just now an ordinary man. But you are God's. So if we carry the, the things of God, you know what God did? God photocopied himself, put inside man. Now think about it. Oh. It might sound heavy. But guys, let me ask you the question. What is the most intelligent animal on this earth? Talking about the brain, which organism has the most sophisticated brain? It's not man. It's not man. Dolphin. But I don't see skyscraper for water. No, if intelligence was the way to dominion, uh, the dolphin would have it. But we see they eat them. Okay, and for to, to all of you that say all those, all those people sensitive about animal, the idea we see they love them. Just that, you know, these days you can't eat too many things. You know, somebody said the other day that he just was so pained. How can people in Nigeria be eating dogs? Well, if you are here, please we plead. Our pets should leave. Our pets should leave. But in some part of town, that was it. If you ate that dog pepper soup, your life will never remain the same. Your life will never remain the same. But now let's pretend that we're all woke. No, I never did a thing like that. You know, let's pretend. Some of us in this place, we killed all the cats in the neighborhood. You know that daily manner prayer book? By the time you see that daily manner, I say seven ways the devil will come. You just see one cat. People's pets died for just misinformation. So, and some of you are still afraid. You can't have a dog or a cat. You understand? But sometimes you have to have a pet. It softens you. Let's start thinking some boys have cats for one year before you date a girl. Okay, this is not gospel. This is opinion. You understand? So that you can know how to care. You don't like pets. No, the point again is that just, you know, some people are so into themselves. Dog food is not cheap. By the time you buy it twice, you will know that date should not be cheap. You know, at least sometimes you can have a wallet flattening date just for the purpose of it. So my point is, these things shape you, but guys, that's an aside. Back to the point. There are many conditioning that we have gone through in our life. And today, how do you think is the question for me. If we've been conditioned with a thinking disease, the 10 could not see beyond themselves because they've been conditioned to see themselves as grasshoppers. Nigeria is a conditioning track. Many of you have been conditioned out of anything that is like prospect. This country is a creative wasteland. You know how many people are almost blue? They're not blue. You understand? Like, I know people growing up, they are when you see their bars, like, brother, like, and that was it. One GT Big Bang just came. Please scratch, not that name. Any name. One bank job just came, and that was the end of the creativity. Talents became redundant. Because we were thinking survival. And the thing about you is that if you don't understand about life, everything that comes across like process, you interpret it as punishment. Do you know some of us, it's a disease of our generation. One of the modern arrivals is that we are addicted to comfort. So we can't go through the process to create. To build takes time. To build. Trust me, eh? brother, if you are a builder in this place, 
May the Lord give you grace. Yeah. No, build. It's, no, it's easier to pull down. You know, than to build. Do you know, to build a company or build a ministry or build anything, this tribe you are seeing is hours of prayer, fight to cast and bind, lift, love, hate, all join. You understand? To keep it going. Like, I know that what it is, if you don't have that building, that be that's DNA, right? You would never be able to build anything. You will always be a false start. After three years, you jump. After three years, you jump. You're starting every year while your mates are consolidating. Because you interpreted every season as a punishment. See, things will be hard. It's not because they are meant to be hard. They are meant to reveal your strength. So whenever you come to a point where you, things are scarce, scarcity is one of the greatest source of creativity. So don't come to the table and say, no, do you know some of the days you realize that if you're an entrepreneur here, the days you start getting creative to create more products is when you realize that month, so like, you know, day. You just wake up on the one idea, don't pop. Say, brother, see, the way we're going to go this thing. Brother, it's scarcity inspires creativity. But if you're not coming from an abundance mindset, scarcity, temporal manifestation of it will be a punishment. It's a time to pot. Why are we japarring? No, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually because we're addicted to comfort. And I'm not saying it's for everyone. Some people are genuinely interested in going to learn. Some of them, they applied for fishery. Once they reach that place, now just to get a visa, once they leave that, there was no fish in the, in the plant. It's just adult use and pots. So somebody got admission now. He was supposed to move. COVID came. So the school told him that he has to learn from Nigeria. The guy said, now me and you, is that what we agreed? You think it's cool, the certificate I want. No, but I, I keep telling you guys here that the gospel, this gospel, the message that we carry is designed for Nigeria. Like gospel is for hard places. It's for hard places. If you look at the people who embody the gospel, it's for hard places. And if you don't embrace the, we've not been able to integrate the gospel, right? In enough to be able to expand our stuff. So if you're still in the grip of a small mindset and incapable of thinking, you cannot create everything around you that looks like a, like a challenge, you will bot, you will bail out. You know why Nigeria is suffering today? We don't understand, we don't think about election. Now, let me ask you guys. Um, there are three organs of government, right? How many of them? Three. Judiciary, executive, and legislature, which is the most important? Eh? Judiciary. Udwak, why? No, just, just say something. Please give her the mic. Give her the mic. No, it's your opinion. No, don't be telling your. You say your own. You understand? Please, Udwak, tell us. Nelson, that starts over there. Give her the mic. Okay. Udwak, speak up. I guess we can hear you. or ensure we follow through on. Okay, so you are for which? Legislator. Okay, which for judiciary here? Okay, um, Toka, Toka. Um, I, I think the judiciary um, arm is the most important because, I mean, after making the laws, they need to be interpreted. And people don't go to enough jail in Nigeria. <laughs> so, um... If, if the judiciary is not... In fact, that's why Nigeria is chaotic. 
Okay. Because the judiciary sure, is corrupt. Is, is non-functioning. So. Thank you, Toka. Um, anybody else? We've gotten judiciary. We've gotten executive. Who is going to um, panel and judges? Honorable Kankipa, I need somebody for executive. No, honorable, no, they talk politics. So. It's Bati Bati. Okay, let's. Okay, let's, let's. <laughs> so it's supposed to be legit, but in Nigeria, to be honest, it's, it's the executive. Because they have the most power. And that, like that, the money there. Not be apart from the money, they actually have the most because they, I mean, they, they don't actually respect the laws. Okay. And then, so for in, in context of Nigeria, mm. the executive is the most, you know, important. Okay, guys, Isaac has spoken, but ladies and gentlemen, my opinion, and I have the mic today, is the legislature. And let me tell you why. Eh? Um. There are many areas today that are suffering. I'm going to give you guys a bit of a recap of what we talked about yesterday. There are many areas that are suffering in Nigeria. One of them is education, right? Um, oh, let me ask. If you have to change something in Nigeria, which sector do you think you will attack first? Tony, education. Which other one? No, no, no follow my answer. Power as in electricity. Any other one here? <laughs> eh? S. Transportation. Security. Okay. Um, which other one now? But you know, say the way we are borrowing in this country. Some of you, the, the way the borrowing is going. So we have debt issues, but guys. Now, here is the way we've been taught. So in this room here, how many of you have voted the councillor? Let me see your hand. Lie and put shame to the devil, though. Okay. How many of you have voted councillor? Okay, two, three, four, five, six. In a room of six people, only this one have voted. How many have voted the local government chairman? One, two, three. <laughs> the social conscious amongst us. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. So how many of you have voted for a legislator here? A legislator? More than notice our future leaders, though. Okay, you voted for. Now, guys, this is, this is how I... I want to use this example to tell you the cancer of thinking. Now, and what the church is this called? The, the, the church is called Ecclesia. You know what Ecclesia is? Ecclesia is actually called that once. And Ecclesia is actually governmental. So in the first generation church, the first generation church was about enacting change in society. So if you are here, you think that the gospel is about Zoe life. It's about union life. Go and look for podcasts. We go send them. Today, let's talk about the problem that what is doing us. Right? So we have a problem of thinking in Nigeria today that is playing out in election. Guess how many? We have about 90, 86 million voters. Uduak, where is our social conscious? Rani, how many registered voters do we have? Seven million. Huh? No, sorry. Is that correct? How many registered voters? In Nigeria. Uh, okay, you guys are correct. But we have to take it from source. <laughs> 87 million. Now, how many voted in the last election? 
28 million. No, I do my so. 87 minus 28. 59. 59 million. And I, I bet you then they're here. No. This one, if you are crying that the president should retire, some people, somebody should have been home in Daura, you were not there. So an election was determined more by people we don't show up. So the point is that we've been conditioned not to understand that there are three, you have the, you have the federal government, you have the state government, and you have the local government. This man is more important in the scheme of things, but we've been told not to care. So even this, this man is responsible. That road in your house that was not fixed, it's not Buhari. This man gets like 150 million every month. Yes. That road is supposed to be, but because we've been conditioned not to think, we do not see that these men are, are not thinking. So these ones are lounging. They don't have immunity. You can arrest them. Yes, they don't have immunity. Immunity is this too now. Arab boys no immunity. You understand? Arab boys no immunity. They can be arrested. But anyway, shall we understand that there's some immunity that is not in the constitution. <laughs> so let's not be naive. No. But guys, let's talk about let's talk about electricity or education, right? So today, um, electricity in Nigeria, there are three aspects: there's transmission, there's generation, and there's distribution. Tom is in the house, but from a policy side, there's a way you can fix power today. Eh? You can actually there's a law you can you can tweak our law, and if you are generating power here, let's say you are generating power in Lekki, you cannot give power to everybody in Lekki. The law is not are going to allow you. You have to send it to Oshun. Where is that place? Oshobo. On the way to Oshobo, 40% go lost. So Oshobo will not send it back to Lagos. Brain. Kule, Kule, please, marshal this point for us. Please, marshal this point. Yeah, the power issue. Okay, so in the foundation of um, the NERC, that's the agency that controls um, electricity regulation. That's National Electricity Regulation Commission. Um, its founding act within the Constitution states that if you are generating more than one megawatt of electricity, you must pass it first through the national grid before you bring it back to, to um, the people. So it means that if someone like Shell can actually provide light using gas turbines in, let's say, Port Harcourt, Wari, or their their shell in Lagos, they, if it exceeds, if the power they generate exceeds one megawatt, they will have to take power from that. Uh, that's instead of giving to the estate, give to the national grid of which they will send back to the estate. Now in that transmission of it going forward and backward, you have a loss of probably 600 kilowatts or 700 kilowatts. So in the end, it's impossible to provide electricity even when you can generate. And though Nigeria provides about seven megawatts of electricity in production. We actually cannot transmit up to six megawatts on our cables because, of, because our cables cannot carry more than six megawatts. You see why your phone is not charged? <laughs> okay, okay um, my question is regarding what you just said. Um, is there a reason for this law? What's the purpose? Is it because of, I don't know, is it that if I produce it and I um, transmit it myself, is it sort of, some sort of maybe security or... I don't know, is there anything that actually backs up the need for this law? Okay, 
like that. Come now, come. Give Tommy a mic. You know. So, um, I work in a distribution company. Um, I don't work at NEPA. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to speak from two perspectives. I'm going to speak from the customer perspective and investor perspective. Um, from the investor perspective, understand that... Um, when first it was NEPA, then it went into PHCN. And then after PHCN, it was broken down into several bodies. Now, out of all those several bodies, there were about, I think, five generating companies that were privatized and given to private guys. Those people have issues that they're dealing with. There was, the government also runs certain generating plants, but that's under Niger Delta Power Holding Company. Um, those ones are essentially tagged as NIPPs, which is National Independent Power Producers. Then the only industry, the only aspect of the value chain which was not privatized but was concessioned was the transmission company. And it was given to Manitoba, but Manitoba has been moved out, essentially. Um, then there's the distribution aspect. And in the distribution, the distribution aspect is essentially the part where everything is crazy because i would state a big problem where there is there are figures that show that distribution companies are okay the distribution company is the collection agency for the whole industry we are the ones that collect all the money and just and give it back to estimated billing <laughs> and give it back to everybody else essentially now you have the issue of distributing this power, which is one. You also have the issue of remitting your, what you've invested already in the network. You also have the issue of tariff, which is not very friendly at all. Even to us, you think it's not friendly to you, but it's actually not friendly to the distribution companies as well. So you guys are not breaking even at that tariff? You, no distribution company has broken even. All distribution companies are in debt. Just take it like that. So, and there have been numerous intervention loans, but no matter how much debt you raise, you're still going to be in debt because you're not recouping back as much. I hope I'm not speaking too much. You're not recouping back as much as you're putting in. And don't forget, even if they freeze your interest rate and say, okay, no, you're not going to pay interest, but you're not recouping back because you're facing a situation whereby month on month, you're lose because nobody talks about it. So is there this. a policy that we can change from a legislature angle that will help you? People? So there are policies in place. But then what I'm saying is now I'm going to speak from the money aspect of things, mm -hmm. and which is where you as a person comes into play. A distribution company can lose, most distribution companies lose between 40 to 50, sorry, 40 to 100 million naira every month on electricity theft. Are they in this church? Yes. I'll tell you for a fact that there are some people in, Based on data, most of electricity theft in on the island is here in Lekki. But that's not right, guys. You can't be short-circuiting. It's so, an investment. So, which, which is why I'm saying that everybody is guilty. Don't get me wrong. The part now for the generating guys, they have issues buying gas because the only people like now, um, what's this people's name? Azura Power Plant mm -hmm. is the 
biggest guy on the block, they had the best deal. If the federal government can't pay Azura, the World Bank has to pay Azura. So everybody loves Azura. The only reason why Azura can afford to buy gas is because Azura is a big boy. And Azura has access to gas. And because Azura has a sister company that produces gas in Nigeria. Okay. So, you know, so you don't get too technical on us. But I think you've given us a good point. Again, there is the people short. I know people are shorting. I know they do this thing a lot. They'll plug out, connect. Yes. And by morning, they'll put it again. Yes. On a day here. No, but honestly, guys, that's actually criminal. Okay. okay, so I would answer your question quickly. So it's actually a national security issue. Okay. Nobody, no, no, no individual, for the sake of... Um, One house. How do I explain it now? For the sake of national security, and so that everybody has access to light, and for the sake of organization as well, even in the UK, you generate power and you put it on the grid. But in they have proper infrastructure, so you can carry everything. Exactly. Now, even in America, wherever in the world, it's a national security issue, and so that everybody's power is evenly distributed, which is now which now comes into the business aspect of things. Okay. Where you're going to recoup your investment from is where you are able to put power, where you're able to give power to. Now, there is a new order in place. It's called the service-based tariff, meaning that everybody is... Um, how do I explain it now? Every single person on that service-based tariff band, eh, I'll, put the, I'll put the order in the group so that everybody can read it. You are allowed to have a certain amount of power. People, have, people can actually testify that, yes, their power has actually improved in this from, I think, from last year, November, up until now, because we are now mandated. Everybody, people said yes, right? Has the power improved? Because we are now mandated to give you some, some places some, in some areas where, because it is people who can afford to pay the power that you, now, you are now mandated to say, okay, fine, give them a minimum of 20 hours of light in a day. Mm. And if you okay, do so not let's get... take, I think, I don't know whether it's a question, so we can wrap up on this. I, I want us to be good with time. Um, who was, you wanted to speak? So that system is different. That's the, that is, the UK power system is the perfect power system in the whole world. It's very hard to write. We've adopted everything. We should adopt that then. No, so, we are, so our power system is actually... <laughs> no, it's just plug and play Our now. power system is modeled against the Indian power system. India, not me. <laughs> okay, guys, we, 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 we hold that thought. You... Uh, okay, that, that one might be more technical. Yeah, to distribute for us. Yes, that doesn't have capacity to distribute. But it's in the law and the constitution. So the way it works, uh, guys, the truth is that if you don't have, if you don't have, I'm, I'm actually saying this to open our eyes. Why we are suffering and japarring is because we have refused to interrogate the system that is governing us. When you sit down and probe, as he's listening to it now, I'm thinking, 
Okay, the guy that is coming to run next time, I say, what's your plan? Are you going to break TNC? This transmission company that there's no transmission infrastructure, and everybody's doing it because we it's one Nigeria. So you have to send it here. They will not send it back. A lot is lost. Okay, guys, let me wrap up on education, right? No, we'll do, we'll do Q&A when we finish. Education is important, right? Do you know every, every company in this country pays 5%? I've been paying just to let you guys know. 5%. No, no, agree you rest. 5% educational tax. Yes. So 5%. And I think there's even an element of it that comes from consumption. 5%. Eh? Cons education tax. No standard, though. Okay, your own state. Which state is that? <laughs> no, Lagos is five. Oh. Mm. The federal government actually demands five percent. Now, states in you know their holy greediness, they collect an extra two or three percent. So it depends. A state can alter it up to eight percent or ten. You have states that do that. So, but what federal government asks for only? is 5%. So, but states are allowed to generate their own dependence on how they want to improve okay. their own... Okay. Hold that thought. Now, where does this money go? Every year... No, guys, let's pause it for a second. Do you know how many Nigerian children are not in university, are not in school? 13.5. Um, so 13.5 million Nigerian children. And I told you guys that um, COVID lockdown, do you know, after second month, they blocked Chevron. We couldn't pass through Agungi... Yeah, those guys blocked it. And then if you're in a car, you're an enemy. So we have to, we have to bread our way. You don't have to give something when you're going. My point is, they are on that road because they have neither education nor employment. Now, 13.5 million children are not in school. But this educational tax fund, at least they have, what we get annually, there's one trillion. Over a trillion. Over a trillion that is generated from companies. Where is this money, Kule, please? Can we find it? Um, wait a minute. Um, um, we are under the belief. Um, okay, wait, now. To, ex wait, to, ex to explain this, it's going to take a lot. So, you first have to understand that Nigeria has more than 1,500 ministries, departments, and agencies. Within the education part of the ministries, departments, and agencies, you have about 74 or 70, between 70 and 76, let's say. I can't, not the exact number. So it's divided between those 76. And you know we have the Educational Trust Fund, the, 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 it, that's the ETF. It, we have ETF. the TET Fund, yeah. kind of contradicting each other. I don't know. The, okay, one is tertiary. The other one is supposed to cover all. Yeah. And this money is divided across all. Well, we now know why we find $6 billion in some people's ceilings. That's all. Okay, so this money never gets to wherever it goes. I know that they said, um, because the way education is structured, primary school is under local government, right? And those ones, they get 150, almost 150 million naira a month. Now, guys, let's wrap up on this. Um, in Nigeria, we have, every state has three senators. So you have three senators times 36. How many did so, mathematician? You guys are here. 108. Abuja has one. So, 109. Then, uh, House of Assembly, the lower house, for whatever reason, we have bicameral. You understand? The culture of wastage, why do we have two? We're two not a law. But first of all, let's say that, how many states? A state has about six. A state has about six. And times 36, how many? My positions, fast. No, Ressa. 
216. Abuja has two. So you have 218. So 218 plus 109. 36. No, three what? 32. Do the math, do the math. Hmm. Okay, 327. Now, 327 people are in Abuja, right? Every four years, we go and elect them. Now, um, please, how many of you know how much a senator earns every month? Right? No, just the money. <laughs> please, how much does a senator earn? 48 million, right? Uh, 42, actually. 42 million. Mm. 42 million per senator. So please. Yeah. No, it's, it's monthly. It's monthly. Now, actually, their salary is like four. Their salary is like 700. Uh, yeah. Like uh, but there's something that is called constitutional allowance. Constituency allowance. But constituency allowance is not in the constitution. It was that time agenda planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No. Uh, so let, let, me, let me help you here. Um, newspaper allowance is one million a month. Wardrobe is six million, about no, between 5.5 and 6 million. There are different allowances. Your allowances for your assistants are up to another 5 million. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's not provoke. It's so we can think. Let's, yeah, per month, per month, per month. Okay, guys, but. No, but guys, let's calm down. But even wardrobe allowance. But okay, guys, let's see. Forty-two times, forty-two times twelve, right? Forty-two times twelve months because times four years. Yeah, forty-two times twelve. Four million multiplied by one oh nine. Multiply by one, but now, why, why are we in debt? You understand? 54 points. 54 points. Now, once you do the house of rep, house of rep is small, right? There are two, I think 216 or whatever, 218. You'll get this amount. Now, guess what? Doctors, they are struggling to pay doctors. I remember the last time, the argument was that for the minimum wage for Nigeria, we can't afford 30,000 naira. Yeah, we can't afford. That's what they said, that we can't afford to pay it to. Some governors, with their, they collect their, um, what's that, security votes. They refuse to agree to pay 30,000 naira for married man and family. You understand? And they are sleeping well at night. You understand? This gospel is supposed to shape the heartless. So if the heartless is not being transformed, this gospel that we hold crumbled Roman Empire. You understand? When this guy, Constantine, started to make his political move, his reign was threatened because the Christians had taken too much. They were asking questions. So the man had to bring Christianity and incorporate it, made something so that he could survive. Now, we may say he did it because he was born again. But there are theories that said he did it for political move. That's besides the point. The point is that gospel makes you question. If you are a change agent and you're called to be light, these things should provoke you. So if you look at the social cost of corruption, now this is one. When they do, the National Assembly, they have four roles. There's representation, there's budgeting, there's oversight. For you as a minister, this is what happens in Nigeria. For you as a minister, if your budget is $2 billion, they will take it to $4 billion. Yeah. And the other $2 billion is not the minister's own. It's now shared. Right? No, we know these things. The question is, we as a country, we deserve better.
your country has in terms of natural resources, well, we, we are borrowing more. And half of the money they are borrowing is not going to education, no? Yeah, if I talk about health and security, security today is not going anywhere anytime soon. Because why? Security, in case you don't understand, the military guys are any more now because of security allowance. Because there is tension, they've given them more allocation. Nobody wants to return to poverty. So right now, Boko Haram is not going anywhere anytime soon. Not because they can't deal with it. They've been compromised. They need the tension to end the money. So this country will know no peace so long as they have greed. They are not interested in protecting you. They are interested in their pockets. But let's leave this side. Where are we? As a generation, we must interrogate things. We must ask questions. And this is not just in the context of politics. right? I'm showing it because this one connects all of us. If you carry your bag and jackpot, not everybody will jackpot. There will still be mothers and children in this country who have no, no, no shot at a decent life. Only 3.2 million Nigerians are covered under national health insurance. There is no health insurance scheme. All this HMO, then they try small. You understand? But at the end of the day, you will not say you are, even people that retired with pension, they ate their pension. You understand? Ate their pension. So my point is, there is this is actually a, a very demonic and diabolical system that preys on its own. So when they go to the promised land, you know what they say? They say, this land eats our own. A land that has been hijacked by men who can't love is eating our own. So for every time people are going on the road and getting an accident that is avoidable, it's eating our own. So if religion comes and tells us we are here to, live, to, to wait for heaven, that's the biggest lie that profits them. The gospel was not about escaping earth for heaven. It was about bringing heaven on earth. And this is heaven come down. So let's not even be saying that we will not start to, we will not start to. You know, the point is, this is the message of the gospel is ecclesia. It was that you sit down and marshal out the point for where we go from here. So I'm not asking you to get a PVC because it's too late in the day. Yeah. Right? If you get a PVC, it's only half the battle. Guess what? If you're not a card carry member of a political party of your choice, they will give you two old men. Yeah. And they'll tell you, choose between two lesser evils because you were sleeping when they were sowing the seed. What about if you show up and hold the card? So the day they say, no, it's, you say it's, we want Mr. Porfo. They say, no, 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 he's not an insider. Say, no, we are all now outsiders. You understand? So do you know you will shape and shift things there? They'll be conditioned us that your votes don't count. They'll be conditioned you to believe that you don't matter, that politics is dirty. Politics is not dirty. The players determine the game. So they've planted a seed in you that is dirty, but it's affecting you. Do you know they're coming for solar? They are pushing now that they want to regulate solar. How people, I don't even know how that, that policy is going. In fact, like, there was even somebody moving a motion that you cannot have a dollar account. <laughs> Shut down all dollar accounts. The last time, all those fintech boys, they are now learning that while you are sleeping in Lagos thinking you are a tech innovator, those guys are coming for policy. They will take your APIs, pull you out, you'll be broke. They will drain your database and exit all your customer. All your cons consumer acquisition. You just wake up one day, all your customers zero. It happened in NCC, it's happening in CBN. But they come with a draconian approach because they don't understand that a country is meant to empower young people to thrive. You are a threat if you are powerful. They don't want you to be economically empowered because to be economically empowered is to be a threat. That means, see how NSAS went now. Just one person don't bring one millionaire now. They had to shut down everything. NSAS was a revolution that was unfinished. And it was unfinished because somewhere along the line it was an awakening. But we didn't have the depth of the thinking to understand that this is a potential. What about if we channel that energy into election? So it's not about the, all of the building they burnt in Lekki phase one. Most of them are not owned by politicians. 
I know someone who is paying debt on, on jewelries. She went and bought the thing. They broke in, carried all the jewelries. A woman that is struggling to pay staff, they robbed her because they were angry. Nigeria is not working for us. So what are we living with today? I think that we are called to be salt and light. Salt is what this is. Salt brings seizing. Light pierces darkness. Education is dark. What is the light we can put there? Do you know, this country deserves better. But we don't know who we are. Like our, our sons, we've been taught not to know that we are called to this. Okay, guys, we'll take a couple of... Um, we'll take like... I don't know if it's a day for questions. Some days you just need to carry it home. Carry it home and sleep on it. You get... But I'll take two questions and we'll go into prayer so we can close. Okay, on online. Read it, read it. Can they dream in? Be defined as a drug. That is detaching yourself from reality oh. into one that you wish it to be. And how do you work against that? Okay, I think it's actually possible. Um, there are certain psychological terms. One of them is um, when you tend to not even know you are oblivious to your environment. Some people blank their memory. They can't remember anything that happened in their past. It's called defense mechanism. The body does it by itself. So sometimes to survive, but before that, that mechanism of survival becomes its own limitation. Because you're not able to connect in real ways. Some people today, they can't feel that several stuff. So daydreaming can, if you're daydreaming, you're not creating, there's a problem. Daydreaming becomes an escape, a coping mechanism, and you're not alive in the moment. If faith is now, not so much about, so you cannot always be talking about what is to come. What are you building? So if you know that your greatest escape is with telling your girlfriend that there's a deal, there indeed might be a deal. But sometimes you have to show working. Your, your life should be present now, building something, right? So every drug of choice cannot take us to the future. Some of us understand our drug of choice is whatever your drug of choice is, it's actually your coping mechanism so that you don't face the circumstances you're dealing with. So I'll leave it at that. Any more questions? Okay. Okay, let's take, um, take her. Okay, we are coming. Mona, keep on short, though. <laughs> okay. So when, I think, Tommy, the distributor, was speaking, and he said they can't buy gas. And I was thinking, Nigeria is a gas nation. It's not actually an oil nation. So I am... I don't know if the question is to him or if Kunle can help throw more light with the, on With it. the gas master plan. I think there is something about the gas master plan that... Tommy, come and answer your question, please. <laughs> so why are we not buying gas when we have gas? Why would, why would they buy them? Okay, so there's some... So in... in, um, in um, Oil and basic oil and gas policy. There's something called domestic gas obligation, your or DSO, whichever. It's essentially saying that the government keeps a certain amount of gas for the company for the country's use, as opposed to exporting it. Now, um, prior to the electricity industry becoming extremely prof um, slightly profitable, <laughs> slightly profitable. It's still it's profitable. It's actually very very profitable, as long as the right structures are in place. It is more profitable for you to sell your gas to Europe and yeah, Europe or maybe America, 
during the winter seasons or before the winter seasons come. And then again, you want to get all your gas out before autumn starts because that's when the water starts to freeze up. And then you sell all your gas. And those days, the people will buy your gas at a premium. Now, as a Nigerian problem, anybody who is in oil and gas here would know that the biggest problem in gas in Nigeria is infrastructure. Gas and electricity are very much alike. You need infrastructure to move your gas. To move your gas on land, the cheapest way to do it is pipeline gas. And Nigeria's pipeline, gas pipeline infrastructure is horrendous. And I'm not trying to badmouth anybody, but it is appalling. Um, you've obviously heard of the Escravos pipeline and stuff like that. So the Escravos pipeline sort of serves like, I'll use a bit of biology, it's an artery and people feed off of it, essentially. Now, if you notice that sometimes they, your ecological will send you a message saying that there has been a system collapse. There was a system collapse, I think, last year or so, for, I think for about two days or so, and that was because boys had decided to pop the pipeline. Not even boys, it was just, the pipeline just popped, and people were working overnight to fix this because money was being lost and then again you now look at the side of generating companies they cannot afford to buy gas why because they're not being paid what they've already generated before so i was about to start saying okay so for you to be able to run your operating expenditure your operating expenditure entails you buying gas fixing your turbines, doing this and doing that. Now, if I generate today, I expect that my money will be paid t today or maybe tomorrow. And my money does not come in tomorrow. It does not come in the day after. And you're still telling me to buy more gas. I can't buy gas, except I have maybe a sister company that has gas. Or maybe let's say Chevron is my best friend. Chevron says, guy, Give take you gas it. on credit. We'll give you gas. Even if you take gas on credit, They've given you credits today. We didn't give you credits tomorrow. Okay, it's, it's actually more complex than it is. But I think that what, what I'm picking is hope. It's solvable. It can be solved. You just need the right thinking and the right people. Okay, Paul, let's take your question. Okay, comment. Okay, okay, okay. Praise God. You know, Pastor was talking about the voice in your head. I listened to a podcast yesterday. Uh, Impact Theory. Tom Billy, one of my favorites. He interviewed a, a fascinating human being. I just want to add that to it. The guy did one, 101 days of Ironman triathlon every day. And what that entails is that you will ride your bicycle for 112 miles. You will run for 26 miles. Let me put it in perspective. From VI to Ikeja is like 17 miles. This guy did it every day. 101 days. He has five children. He doesn't speak in tongues. There's something he said. He said, Tom asked him, how do you deal with the voice in your head? He said, the voice never goes away. That voice that tells you you cannot do it. You are incapable. He said that voice never goes away. 
So I want you to think about that and the voice in your head that tells you you cannot make it in Nigeria. You cannot make it in your business. And then you collapse under the weight of that voice. Have you done 112 kilometers? Miles. So when you put that in perspective, it just boils to dinner. All things, we are really supernatural beings. We are not ordinary. We are not. We are not. Well, I think this is a good place to pray. With five children. And a wife. Wow. So we are not. What's the voice in your head, really? Is it the voice that is saying this country can't change? Or you are screwed? Or you've blown it at 25? Or you can't get any better? I want us to pray. Okay, your question. But Tommy is here. Tommy is not leaving Chatham. Okay, let's take our own so that. No, take a visit, take a so we've, we've said so many things. We've talked about the problems. In fact, I don't, I don't want to say I'm angrier than when I came to church, but I'm feeling something you are that sounds like anger. It's awakening. But we've not said what the next step is. You said something about joining a political party and making your voice. Do I just wake up and say, oh, I want to join people? I want to join. I want to join XYZ. What do we do next? Because if I take this awakening home it's going to feel anything else i see i see something bad again i remember what i've heard in church and i'm upset all over again so hmm. what do we do what do i do okay so I, I think um, there, are, there are a couple of things one of them is that that within our, our political structure we should be more engaged we should be more involved and that's what we're driving at because you can't drive a, a change you can't drive change when you're not participating so that's why we're recommending that please don't just get the PVC, join a party and shape the party with this thinking. Because if you're in that party and somebody brings budgets, that they're buying cars every day, bringing Jeep, you can just say, no, 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 please, okay, if you vote that thing in that house, we are returning you. As they vote, you recall. So because you're not part of the process, you're not a spectator in your own economy. You're a spectator in your life. And we cannot be spectators, we are participants. So the idea is participate. Now, we don't stop the point of prayer. But prayer has been used to, to us as opium. So we pray and we do nothing else because God will not do for you what you have been called to do for yourself. To change a country is not about God. It's about people awakening and awakening others. It's about us knowing that I have to tell people why they don't need to take 4 million, 4,000 naira and vote their conscience and vote into and destroy your country. This country has been imploding one ignorance at a time, one failed election at a time. And we can do better. So I'm asking you now, don't take your anger, channel it into action. Let's wake up and know that. So here at the tribe, we started something called Nation Assembly. Join that group. Because we are going to be proposing bills. Let me tell you one. When I was running for election, there was a bill I had called um, what's that again? Matching capital. That if you can raise 50% capital, the government should have agency that can give 50%. It exists in other countries. We don't know how to de-risk capital. I want to move a motion that they should allow IPs, intellectual property, to be collateralized. That if you have an IP for a product, people should be able to, the government can give you a loan on the back of that IP. But here, IPO is not, is not a thing. If it's not real estate, it's not estate. So my point is that there are many things we need to do I want you to, wake in, to wake, awaken yourself, not necessarily that 
the next election, councillors just finished and people didn't vote. We, only four people voted. Tari friends, only them. You understand? And only we voted because she's my friend. But I don't want to vote because she's my friend. I want to vote because I know that whatever is going to be done there will be done right. Because councillors are impacting your environment. Do you know, yesterday somebody stole a phone here. As we were in the middle of the uh, movement, awakening people. Baba, no, it was painful. No, it was painful. My friend went there, Bini, go not say, place a course. No, we can't place a course because we are lovers. But my point is that he pain. No, 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 no course, no, no course. It's not of God. But at the end of the day, it was painful. You understand? Because we left with hope. The guy just diluted the hope. You understand? We drive around and look for him. Now that we didn't see him again. But my point is that it's painful enough that people are going through stuff. But it's not, we can change it. Hope against hope is that this country, everybody has seen it from prophecy. Nigeria is a brightest star. It will arise. But the point is that Nigeria will not arise without Nigerians arising. Like if you don't think, don't think of Nigeria in the abstract sense. Think about what you are contributing to your country to create jobs, to empower people, to solve problems, to help the children and the women that are vulnerable, that are around us. What are we doing to help? That is the question. It's not about existing for me myself. The tragedy of the black man, he wants to work so hard and succeed so he can insulate himself from the problems. So he can build bigger fences and buy cars. No, you're not meant to succeed to insulate yourself. You're meant to succeed to change. It's not about you having a car, let everybody trek. It's about fixing that road so people can live. It's not about building bigger fences. It's about changing the communities. So Sozo, to me, Sozo has to do something in this season. We need to do something. We're supposed to be doing something. We need the architecture and the blueprint. How we can start making a move so that people are waking in their minds to know what to do. Right? I hope that's a good landing. Let's start with that one. Please, let's pray, guys. Father, thank you. Just We're just asking today that you help us. The fears that have imprisoned us, the hopelessness that have darkened our minds, we can't see. We look at the land, we see the giants just parading the land, the morandas. We feel like grasshoppers. We squeeze, we hide, we bury ourselves under the fear and doubt and shame. We can't see beyond ourselves, but yet you, oh God, have called us to see. We open our eyes today to see the way you see us. You call us sons that we will arise and shine because the light has come. Today I speak into every mind and every heart, every mind, every ear hearing me today. That today, at the end of the pandemic of crisis in your life, the epidemic of low self-esteem, the epidemic of insecurity, the epidemic of self-doubt, the epidemic of just being impotent and not being able to produce in your life will end and you will produce, you will create. Today we open up the pathways of heaven. Let the dew of heaven's creativity dwell in your heart and fertilize your mind. And let your imagination become germ germinate again. Today we ask that you will conceive, conceive your mission, conceive your purpose. We speak clarity to your heart and your mind. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.